Hey everybody, welcome. I am uh, vis visited, visiting, visiting with Josh Honeycutt. Josh, uh, longtime deer and deer hunting contributor, and we've actually been expanding, uh, thankfully, to Josh's um, agreement uh, with everything with Josh. Uh, video, TV, we're going to be doing a lot more with Josh. Josh, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's an honor. Uh, you know, it's just such an iconic brand. Uh, it, it's just it's just wonderful to be a part of that family. Well, we're happy to have you because. A, you're one of us, and B, you're one heck of a diehard deer hunter. I mean, you and I, I know we don't know each other personally really well, but uh, professionally, we click. You, the, the ideas you have come along with for Deer and Deer Hunting Magazine specifically over the past, I don't know how many years, it's basically like you're reading my mind, and I, I appreciate that, and I know our readers appreciate it. Well, if I can make your job easier, then that, that's good. Now, I, I do have to amend one of your statements. I am not a good deer hunter. <laughs> I am just too stubborn to quit. Don't listen and, to this and, guy. And, and so, yeah. so, so I, I, I put in way too much effort, and that makes me look like I have all this success. Well, and that's what makes you a good deer hunter. Um, John Eberhart was very uncomfortable. Um, he did not know that I was going to blindside him and put him on the cover of Deer and Deer Hunting this past issue and call him the best bow hunter in America. Mm -hmm. uh, John's that type of guy. Now, John's a, a couple years older than us. He could kick my butt uh, mm -hmm. in good shape, but he is the if you want to call, if you want to say a tryhard, he's beyond tryhard. He's that kind of guy, um, like yourself, that just immerses himself in the animal, uh, learn more about the whitetail. And uh, Jack Brower said that way back in the day: the more you learn about the deer, the better hunter you're going to be. Yeah, you know, he he's he's on a different level. He, you know, he's one of the few that I I, I put in that top tier. Uh, uh, you know, in that that group of elite hunters that I aspire to but will never attain or become and so it's it's always good to have to have some you know people like him icons like him uh, and others to to really learn from and you know they set the standard and he's been doing it for such a long time and he's incredibly knowledgeable uh just a great steward of the resource in general so it, he's definitely a deserved honor on his part i sure he i'm sure he appreciates that now i have to preface all of this by saying I am kind of a fanboy when it comes to a lot of things with sports and hunting, but with uh, my elders especially, and I don't mean this in any disrespect that like they're old, um, the guys who came before us and showed us how to hunt, especially public land, things like that, if you pay attention, you learn how to hunt, and that's, I think, the biggest thing. I, I, I learned it, too, from people in the industry, uh, Pat Reeve, Lee Lakoski. I have always said they've wanted it way more than I have ever done. And you can learn something from everybody, whether they're a celebrity on TV or if it's the guy down the road who nobody knows who's killing bigger bucks than anybody you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so many, you know, people out there that we can learn from. You know, as you said, everybody can learn from everybody. Something. And somebody can teach everybody something. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to be talking about Josh hunts all over. Uh, you know, he hunts out of state. He's from Kentucky. Um, I know you killed a monster deer, and I think uh, this past season, and I think it was your biggest ever, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I hunt there in South Central Kentucky. I'm born and raised in Kentucky. Um, I, I lived in South Carolina for a couple of years when I worked for the National Wild Turkey Federation, but but I've it, it, pretty much been my, there my whole life, and grew up hunting uh, the river bottoms uh, of, of Green River, and that's not where I killed this particular deer at. But as the crow flies, it wasn't that far. And it's just a really special place. You know, I have had the honor. I've not hunted as many places as you have, but I've, 
I've hunted quite a few states throughout the Midwest, the Southeast, um, and despite all of the places that I've hunted, my favorite place is home. And so it was definitely an honor to be able to, to shoot my biggest buck ever right there at home and to be able to do it with archery tackle. So I was gonna, that was the question. I, I knew you had shot it uh, with a bow, but uh, tell us about it. How big was it? Um, how long did you know about this deer? What's the story behind it? Yeah, he was a, he, this is a property that I've hunted, for, I think it was the ninth season. Uh, it's a family property that, that we've hunted for quite a while now. Um, and this particular deer, I had, counting this past season, three years of history with him, I started getting photos of him for sure when he was a two-and-a-half-year-old deer. Um, you know, he was just your typical two-and-a-half-year-old buck. At three-and-a-half, which was the 2022 season, um, he was already like a 140-inch six-by-six, uh, split G4s. Wow. And then this past season, he really kind of really packed on. And, as, and he was only four-and-a-half, but – only. It, only four and a half, uh, which a lot of people say you can't shoot deer these days unless they're five and a half or six and a half. But I'll tell you one thing, when a 165-inch deer walks in front of me, I don't care if he's a fawn, that deer's going to die. He's, he's going down. <laughs> so the bigger question is when he was, did you have opportunities, Adam, the previous years? Yeah, so I did. Uh, so you I passed him off? I did as a three and a half-year-old because I saw that he had that potential. Uh, I've, I've been... I've been fortunate to shoot a lot of 130 to 140 inch deer. Uh, I previously have shot uh, a, a big 163 inch eight pointer, velvet eight wow. pointer. He's big, he's really, probably my still my favorite deer. 160 inch eight. Yeah, he's 160 grossed 163 as an eight pointer. He had uh, 29 and a half inch beams, just heavy mass, uh, really really long twos and threes. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty special deer. But um, yeah, so I, I was like, I, I watched this deer numerous times. Uh, both with a bow and a gun during the 2022 season and passed him up uh, just because I saw that he had that genetic potential and I'm not usually one to you know fret too much over whether a deer is a three and a half or four and a half or five and a half but typically on that particular property because there are multiple hunters and we all try to keep make sure and the, and the neighbors are all kind of it's kind of like a co-op so we do try to, on that particular property try to let deer get to four and a half and and i had actually talked to a few different people and a few different neighbors is like yeah we need to let that deer see what he can do and and when you have a deer you know again i don't fret too much over that type of stuff i try to manage and be a good steward but whenever you see a deer that has that potential, you almost have to at least try. You know, at least I, that was my and so what we did. And, and and at four and a half, he was he was pretty impressive. Wow. So when when did it all come together for you? Yeah. So I started I, uh, trying to figure this deer out this past summer. Um, never could get eyes on him during the preseason uh, in person because I was glassing from afar. Um, could never did never did find him that way. But I did run trail cameras and he was on camera. Um, how, just, how big a property is this? Uh, it's just it's for, 200 acres. So not that big? No, not that big. Um, and it's surrounded by other hunters. And so he was actually living up in the northeastern corner of the property because there's basically the way this this lays out is there's timber on the east side, there's timber down the west side, they bed up on the hilltops. So it's like you got these two hilltops with timber and it slopes down into ag fields. Previously, it was always CRP. But this year is the first year that the CRP contract ended, and now it's in a crop rotation. Um, but he was half the farm, the half that he was living on. Um, it was an early season deer. 
was in soybeans, and so that's why he was there. Uh, the other half was in corn, and there weren't as many deer on that side of the farm at the time, obviously. And so I was able to deploy some trail cameras, kind of start to piece together what this deer was doing. Uh, he wasn't super consistent, but he was consistent enough that after about, I think it was the third hunt, uh, you know, I was able to connect on him. Wow. So that was early. Was yeah, it September? I, I, or? It was September. I, I, I Don't quote me on the date, but I think it was maybe September 12th. I'd have to go back and look. You guys exactly. open like on the 1st? It's the first full weekend in September. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is a cool, um, I, Kentucky is one of those early, earlier bow seasons. Yeah. Which I think is nice because you do get velvet deer that, yeah. are, that are still around when, when you're hunting. Yeah, and, and so it rotates. And so every year it rotates by a day because it's that first full weekend in September. And so it's kind of on a rotation. So it lands somewhere, like you said, between September 1st and sep- September 7th, September 8th. And anytime it's close to that September 1st, 2nd, or 3rd time, uh, uh, time frame, you have a really good odds of getting that velvet deer in Kentucky just because usually, even though my deer was an exception this year, uh, a lot of these bucks don't go out of velvet until September 10th to 15th. Some of them will even hang on till September 20th. That's rare, but uh, for our area, I know it's a little bit different for every every. We get everywhere. some small bucks like that normally, like the, the yearlings. Um, we normally will open right around 15th, 17th, somewhere in there. And uh, invariably, you're going to see like a little four or six pointer uh, that'll be ca- carrying some velvet, but very seldom do we see the big bucks, which is, yeah. that's unique for Kentucky. Okay, so people are going to ask, this is not uh, commercial at all, but uh, what kind of bow, what kind of broadhead, what's your setup? Yeah, so I was using uh, a Matthews bow and a Sever broadhead. Sever, I love them. Mm-hmm. So are you using the 2.0s or the 1.7s? or? Yeah, so I mean, I, I've, mm. I've actually used both. You have? Yeah, yeah I have two. Yeah. I, use oh, I like them both, and they both performed pretty well. They're, they're very well. How far was your shot, and how far did he go? He was at 23, 23 and a half yards, and he ran about 65, maybe 70 so yards. So you drilled him. Yeah, and he fell. Like, so he, I didn't <clears throat> see him fall, but I, I kind of knew when he fell because a bunch of deer scattered and started blowing and usually when you know whenever you know they're blowing at the deer laying down on the ground dead so which is a nice yeah. feeling yeah when you know what it is you know mm-hmm. what it is yeah it's kind of like for me um in that same regard people i see it all the time on social media people curse squirrels i love squirrels yeah because i know when deer are coming when a squirrel's they start going chattering. off i tell these guys all the time they're behind me up in the tree with the camera yeah and i'm like get ready why the squirrels are going off yeah so it's like no, no, no. Yeah, fancy. it's the same way with yeah. turkey hunting with right. the crows. If you see a crow that's camped out, in the, you know, in the treetops, cawing like cawing its head off, you know there's a gobbler strutting yep. right underneath him. Yep. Yeah. Don't move. Don't move. Don't, don't move. move. Why? There's squirrels going off. There's deer coming. That's right. That is awesome. It's like a 160 some inch buck. Yeah. Yeah. He was really cool. And this year he was the same thing. Uh, he, he he was a six by six again. Dang. He he kept a split on one side, and then he actually ended up losing the split on the other and just growing a g5 wow. so and then he ended up having an extra point on his brow tine he was actually a 14 point deer this year because he had an extra point on his brow tine and then another extra point on his the end of his main beam so the guys who are watching this podcast on youtube we're going to show you some of these pictures if you guys are listening to it just go over to to our youtube page it's uh youtube backslash ddh online find the uh podcast or just go to josh's josh honeycutt's uh facebook page and you'll be able to find photos of this year now i know that's not the only deer you killed this year you had a couple other great hunts what was the second one yeah that that, so that hunt was in september and i hunted some in october uh the deer just absolutely wiped my you know 
wiped me off the face of the earth, got my butt kicked bad in October. I, I, everything that could have went wrong went wrong in October. But then I went to, uh, to Missouri in November and uh, was testing out the a fairly new caliber. It's not brand new, but fairly new, the 400 Legend uh, Winchester uh, uh, cartridge and, and caliber that's, that come out. I think it was last year that mm -hmm. they introduced that. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was using that on a media hunt there and ended up killing a nice eight point on that trip. That was pretty sweet. Now, some people are familiar with the 350. Yep. Um, you're shooting a 400. You're much more of a gun geek than I am, and I say that with all, with all honor and respect because I'm not a gun geek. Can you explain some of the differences between those two? Yeah, so the 350 Legend and the 400 Legend are both, honestly, just as good as it gets for what they're made for. And they're not made to compete with one another either. I mean, they're both straight wall. They both offer you really good options for those who only can hunt with a straight wall. Um, but the 350 Legend doesn't have quite the knockdown power, obviously, as the 400 Legend. The 350, uh, uh, excuse me, the 350 has less recoil, um, but it but it still has really good range and good terminal energy. Uh, they both do. And I think the reason, you know, and I don't want to speak for them, but I think the reason that, you know, they came out with the 400 Legend wasn't because the 350 didn't do what it was right. supposed to, because it certainly did. I think the reason that they came out with that 400 was to give just, just a little more punch. A little bit more punch. Yeah. Now, these are in states, um, well, Missouri was a center fire state to begin with. But I know in Illinois you can use straight wall cartridges now. In Ohio. That used to Ohio used to be places where you could um, Iowa too, I believe. Uh, so you guys can enter in the comments if I'm wrong there. But um, prior to that, it was shotgun only mm -hmm. or muzzleloader, and now this is kind of a game changer, isn't it? It really is. And there are some stipulations that some states have when it comes to these. Like, like I think in some states you can't have the clip in. Like some of these states, maybe maybe Iowa's one of those, I'm not sure, where you can only have a single shot. Okay. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think there are some states that, that there are some stipulations to whether, you you know, how you can use the 350 or the 400. Uh, you know, like whereas most states like Ohio uh, will allow you to have multiple, I think it's up to two or three you can have in the gun at, at the same time. Were you shooting oh, a, single a single shot, shot. or a uh, lever action? Mine was a single shot. Single yeah. shot, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of rifle was that? It was a Winchester. It was a Winchester, okay. I know some guys who have used both. Um, we didn't do it. Uh, we we actually played around with them in uh, Wyoming the one year, but I, it, I shouldn't say it wasn't the straight wall per se, was it? Um, yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was lever actions with a hammer down yeah. ammo. And I found the same thing. And I was shooting um, a 357 yeah. in, in a lever. And I shot a doe at 100 yards with that thing with iron sights. That's impressive. And, and I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And I purposely aimed like I do with a rifle, aimed at the shoulder, and I punched it through both shoulders. So I think there's a, I mean, now if that's a different caliber be between a 350 and a 400. However, when you look at that, you don't have to, I, I think some people used to look at it with a little bit of anxiety. Like, oh, this isn't going to be as good as my shotgun or, or even my muzzle order with, you know, three pellets or whatever. Yeah. Well, the ballistics, though, on, on these newer straight wall calibers are not the same ballistics of your 
straight wall calibers from decades ago. They, there's so much ingenuity that's being put into these new rounds, these new calibers. Yeah, yeah, they're straight wall, but man, they don't shoot like your traditional straight wall. They don't, and I and I think what you're saying is 100% accurate. They're making, I mean, if you look at all the major ammo manufacturers, you've got Hornady, you've got Federal, you've got Winchester, you've got all these other companies. They're making them for what people are using them for. Yeah. And in the in the past, like when I used that 357 example, I would say you know, with almost guaranteed certainty, not that long, a few years ago, you were basically shooting a handgun round through that rifle. It didn't. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. And yeah. now they've they're tweaking that technology. Yeah. Well, a guy wants to go deer hunting with this. We're going to make it better. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you can get ballistic points for straight walls. Uh, you don't. You you couldn't get that before. You know. So, so I'm going to have to put that on my list now. I guess I haven't shot a deer with a with the 350 or the 400 yet. Yeah, you know. And I will tell you, in my opinion, you know, that 350 Legend is just the perfect the perfect rifle. Even if you're not in a straight wall state. It has such good downrange energy, uh, and, and it's such low recoil. It's the perfect youth gun. That's what I was going to ask you. It's the perfect gun for maybe a female hunter that's smaller framed or isn't used to recoil. They're not an experienced hunter. Even a, even a, a man right. who, who isn't used to recoil. Uh, it's just a really good gun. I, I've shot a deer with the 350 Legend, and I've shot a deer uh, with the 400 Legend. Now, that 400 Legend, it's got a little bit more recoil to it, but they, you know, they they made it to, to pack more of a punch and and I will say this the deer that I shot with a 350 legend he ran probably 50 yards and fell over died like that the deer that I shot with a 400 legend dropped in his tracks dang you know I mean and and so I mean it was in the it, you know I shot him in the shoulder but you know that it still meant that energy transfer and that shock presence that shock wave that it sends through that nervous system uh, you know it's I'm not going to say it's comparative to to comparable to some of the center fire or excuse me the the neck down calibers but it certainly outpaces a lot of your comparable uh straight wall options that hunters have used for decades how is the uh, so the recoils less how is the the report the sound of that is it a, is it a, a, is it a loud center fire or is it something in between i would say moderate moderate ba- ba- with my based on my understanding and i did shoot a couple of boxes through it at the range um so i, I would say moderate that's good, and that's a, a point that needs to be emphasized. Um, a lot of people always ask me, you know, I'm getting my my son or daughter into hunting. I'm getting my, and, and I'm not saying this to be sexist, but uh, my wife or girlfriend into hunting, and they are kind of uh, got a little bit of anxiety over the recoil, but they're also kind of got anxiety over the like, wow, you know, loud bang. Well, the 350 Legend is so quiet, and it, when you used used to shoot a shotgun, it would rattle your teeth. Yeah, that's you know. the that's the, the beauty with that 350 legend. You get that 30 30 caliber bullet, and it and it still has really good energy, but it also has hardly any recoil, hardly any recoil, and hardly any report. I mean, yep. it obviously has report and has recoil, but when you compare it to other 30 caliber bullets, man, it really shines. And like my my two daughters, who when when they went hunting when they were young, they shot 243s, and they they both dropped their deer instantly because I taught them your anatomy yeah first I mean, thing out but that's a smaller little round yeah so now this gives you several options yeah uh basically i would probably without even shooting those two from guessing what you're telling me probably the same or less recoil the same or this i would say probably the same amount of report 
So now I'm like, you know what? If I if I do have an issue, and I think some states don't even allow you to do 243, which I think is ridiculous, but yeah. um, that's another topic for another day. Um, these other ones, more options. I don't I don't see any downsides there. Yeah, and there's there there are a lot of resources out there that talk about the actual that go into detail of the ballistics with the 350 legend and the 400 legend. Talk about it better than I can here off the cuff. Uh, but man, they they really do stack up to a lot of these other really popular calibers, and 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 you can break down exactly uh, how they compare in all the different relevant categories. Okay, so somebody's watching this. I know who's going to be a ballistic expert or they play one on the internet. Um, tell us in the comments, you, you tell us what Josh just said. Uh, break those down for us, give us the, give us the raw numbers. I know there's a, gear, a deer geek, a gun geek that's gonna do that. Deer Talk Now is brought to you by 10 Point Crossbow Technologies. Whether I'm in a tree stand, ground blind, or spot and stalk hunting, I know the Nitro 505 is up to any challenge. Check one out at a dealer near you or log on to 10pointcrossbows.com for more information. Okay, Josh, one more topic. We're going to make this one a nice, short, and sweet podcast today. I know you, I believe you you topped off your season with a muzzleloader uh, hunt. Yes, sir. And, yep. uh, tell us about that one. Yeah, this, so this past weekend, uh, it was uh, the Ohio muzzleloader. Um, and I was fortunate to connect on a deer that I've been chasing this season. And he's a nice, you know, solid, you know, high 130s, close to 140. Awesome. 10-pointer. I actually saw that picture. Yeah. He, and, it's, and it's hill country. And it's it, it just it's different, you know, compared to the flatland deer hunting I do in Kentucky, um, you know, and other places. And so you're hunting these hill country deer. They've never seen a cornfield or a soybean wow. field. Uh, it's just big timber, rolling hill. There's there's fields, but usually if there's a field, it's somebody's yard or a hay field or a cow pasture. And so it's just a different style of hunting. And that's what I enjoy. One of the things I enjoy about hunting is hunting different places, uh, seeing the, the different sites, and then using different tactics and methods for getting on these deer because... As you know, hunting a flatland deer, you know better than me. Hunting a flatland deer is nothing like hunting a hill country. No, not at all. Or Northwoods. I I would say Northwoods and hill country have a lot of similarities. Um, It's just different hunting. It's... uh, I love the hill country, though, because with that change in topography, in my opinion, if you know how to navigate it, which it took me a long time to even get close to knowing Mm -hmm. how to navigate it, um, and I'm still learning a lot, um, it's actually your friend because these deer use that topography very reliably uh, once you figure out how they do use it. Uh, I agree with you on that, and uh, I will give a shout-out to HuntStand. I noticed you have a HuntStand cap on. I've used I wish I had that when I was younger because we used the old-fashioned. We had to go to the library and print off maps and, mm-hmm. and photos and stuff like that. But if you're a public land hunter in that type of situation, I, I hear from a lot of deer and deer hunting fans, I don't have food plots. I don't have farm fields. I'm hunting... It could be hill country. It could be uh, national forest. I always call it the three-year plan. It's going to take you three years to kind of mm-hmm. figure it out. But if you have an app system on your phone, you can really shorten that learning curve. And that's for especially you younger hunters who are trying to figure this out. Yeah. Study, 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 study. Let the deer show you how to hunt them. And I think you can really have some success doing that. Yeah. Let me go back to your muzzleloader hunt before we end, Josh, and talk about um, 
again, uh, setup on the muzzleloader. What were you, what were you using? Powder, bullet? Uh, do you remember? Yep. So I had a, C, a CVA. It was the MRX. Is <clears throat> uh, uh, their mountain rifle? They've kind of rebranded. That's a pretty it. sweet gun, isn't it? It is. Yeah. You know, it's a short. You know, it doesn't have the longer barrel. It's got the shorter barrel, but it still shoots really accurate. Whenever I pulled it out of the box, bore sighted, shot three shots, shots ready to go. Wow. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was and you know dialed in. You can use a scope out there on a muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was using uh, 250 grain. Uh, bullet and then uh, 100 grains of powder. 100 grains of loose powder. Pellet. Pellets. Oh, so two pellets. Yep. Okay. I've I've dabbled around with those. That's kind of what I've used now. Yeah. I shoot an Acura still uh, CVA. Um, <clears throat> I've I've dabbled around with the loose powder. If you're uh, correct me if I well I get your opinion on it. I think it's best to shoot loose powder if you're mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. If you're really into it. If you just want to shoot a deer, go out. You don't have a lot of time. Um, you can easily dial that thing to 100 yards. Uh, two pellets, pick your bullet, uh, and, and try to sight it in. And then just, it's it basically, the consistency is kind of there for you if you're doing that. If you're doing loose powder, that basically, you've got to figure that recipe out for, your, for yourself. It might take you a half day at the range, maybe not even a couple hours at the range. And then uh, just stay with it and make sure, that, they always say, keep that powder dry yeah. and measure it accurately. Yeah, I'm not. I am not a, a, a muzzleloader expert, but you know, my my opinion is the same as yours. If you're doing a lot of long range shooting, so if you're the the, the type of muzzleloader hunter where you're going to shoot a deer that's 200 yards, maybe beyond 200 yards, maybe even 170 yards or 175, I, I, you know, loose powder is going to be more consistent. It's going to be more accurate because I mean that's the deal with muzzleloaders is consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, consistency, load after load after load is where you get your accuracy and loose powder is going to be more consistent and more accurate than pellets uh, for me personally I, I have shot probably I don't know at, at least five maybe six bucks with a muzzleloader over the past several years and I'm trying to think one two three I can't count I have to go back and count so correct me if I'm wrong somebody go to my my social media pages <laughs> and then call me out but I think I've shot five or six bucks with a muzzleloader over the past few years something like that and I'm pretty sure every single one has been under 100 yards so for me uh, who who does not do a lot of long range muzzle loading? It just makes more sense for me to use the pellets because it's more convenient. And that's exactly that's exactly the point. Yeah. Convenience and if you're not if you're not trying to get I mean, the long range, you're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. 200 yards for me, not not happening. Nope. Not with a muzzle loader. And that's just like with the crossbow for me. I mean, I shoot both. You guys know I shoot my Matthews. I shoot my 10 point crossbow I, i've shot three deer at 50 50 to 55 yards mm-hmm. and everybody says oh you can shoot 100 yards uh-uh no even if i'm practicing yeah um and can hit that target at 100 there's no way and that's the same thing with a muzzleloader yeah muzzleloader uh, even though you i mean now i know there's guys there's guys who's going to come and oh i can shoot that 250 300 that's you're in the exception mm-hmm. you're the geek that's got that figured out you know your ballistics um the average guy 100 yards and in and boom, you've got, you did three states this year, huh? Three, uh, what? Uh, Kentucky, yep. Successfully, Missouri. and then got my butt whipped in Indiana. Well, you almost went, you almost got the Grand Slam. i tell you something else I tried to do once I realized that there was a possibility was do a weapon slam. I'll go ahead. And, oh, I did that one year. Yeah. So, uh, so I got one with a rifle, got one with a compound bow, got one with a muzzleloader. If I had uh, gotten a deer with a crossbow, 
which I never did actually try. I was going to. I just bow hunted with a compound yep. in Indiana. But once I realized I was running out of deer season, uh, you know, I almost realized too late because I'd been bow hunting with a compound in Indiana. And I was like, huh, well, if I start hunting with a crossbow, you know, I might be able to get a slam. But then I never did actually do it. So I, You I, did I, it all in deer, though. Well... You know, I did. I my my. I did it, all the weapons, including a handgun. But the handgun was a hog. So, yeah. but well, I still, still count. It still counts. I still count. <laughs> and I was gonna try to do, uh, uh, try to fill a, a doe tag with my recurve at home. I've never shot a deer oh, with man, a recurve. I haven't either. So that's so I I, I got a recurve last year. Uh, it was a, a Hoyt Satori, and I, I picked it up last summer. I think it was, and I've been shooting it ever since. But I've I'm not actually shot a deer with it yet. So. Uh, if if I would have actually hunted, which I never did, with a crossbow in Indiana and been successful, uh, then I probably would have really tried hard with the recurve at home to get a doe and go five for five on different weapon types. But didn't that, come didn't come to fruition. That is pretty cool. That's a fun challenge, that, everybody. That's let's, a challenge for somebody out there to let's, do. Let's let's see you guys. I'm sure somebody's probably done it. Oh, I'm sure. So let's let's see it happen. But uh, that is pretty. Let's we could we could break it out all weapons, or we could break it out with just archery like equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, so very cool. All right, we're going to cut it short right there. Josh, thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Um, people can find you on social media, Josh Honeycutt. Um, and any other shout-outs you'd like to give? No, uh, just deer and deer hunting. Keep coming back. Well, we appreciate it. For Josh Honeycutt, I am Dan Schmidt. Thank you once again for joining us for Deer Talk Now podcast. You can catch it anywhere podcasts are dropped. Also watch the video versions on our Facebook page and YouTube at youtube backslash ddh online every thursday brand new episodes we will catch you next thursday for another episode of deer talk now this episode is also brought to you by with more than 70 years of experience in the animal health and nutrition industries analogics outdoors brings its unique expertise to the science of deer feed and attractants for more information visit analogics.com